how often have you made a decision based on reviews for a product or service? And because of that, I think it, it's this crazy realization of like, I mean, everybody is spending thousands of dollars on their website, on their marketing team, on their sales team, on softwares. And what about the reviews where there's no attention? There's not an equal amount of attention spent on that. And I would say just based on those two, you know, theoretical questions, one could argue that reviews are more valuable than your website right now. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by Nolan Consulting Group. My name is Molly Nolan and I am back today as your episode host, joined by Chris Kiefer, Marketing Manager at Webfoot Painting and Webfoot Concrete Coatings. Chris is a passionate marketing guru. He comes to the table with an engineering background and an analytical focus that helps him bring new perspective to the marketing strategies and data points that are driving decisions at Webfoot. One of his marketing passions, outside of automation and analytics, is the online reputation. We're talking the online reviews. Chris shares why they are so important, how they play a critical role from lead generation to close, and the strategies, including a new program called Boolean that Webfoot has used to drastically increase their online review count a count that has since increased since our discussion just last week. Boolean is making online reviews personal, and the Webfoot story is a perfect case study. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, everyone, welcome back to Out of the Hourglass. I'm excited to be here today with Chris Kiefer from Webfoot Painting. Chris, how are you? I am great. I am just, there's like so many good things happening. Uh, family life's good, work's good, training for a marathon. Uh, nice. So yeah, I'm just, I'm doing great. The cup sounds very full right now, but in all good ways. Yes, there's a, there's challenges, but it's like, uh, yeah, it, it nothing that uh, is dragging us down right now. But I'm, I'm super excited to, to be on here and I'm grateful for the opportunity to uh, talk about reviews. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly why uh, we're here today. And for those that don't know Chris, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that in a, just a second here. But we're going to be talking about the importance of online reviews and uh, your, your digital reputation. Because in this world, Chris, you can speak to it. If you don't have a, a positive online presence, uh, you're in trouble from a, a customer standpoint. Um, and so Chris is kind of the expert behind that and he's got some things to share. So Chris, before we dive into all of that good stuff, give us a little bit of background about who you are, where you, you are from and what you do. Yeah. So I'll give you the quick, I'll try and make it 60 second bio. Um, I graduated with an engineering degree from Carroll college in Montana, moved to Oregon, tried out engineering for six months, hated it, started a marketing company. Um, basically just cause I always wanted to be an entrepreneur didn't know what I was doing, had never taken a business class, um, you know, slowly through lots of failures and trial and error, built up this small agency called Sky Media. And uh, we had seven employees at one time. And then because of some life circumstances and um, my wife's job changing and us moving, basically had to spin that down. And um, 
in the process, we had developed a software uh, for reviews that was targeted originally at dental offices, interestingly enough. Um, and that kind of was running in the background at, at, while all of our like sales and stuff from this from Sky's agency, we I like basically went to zero, but we had some legacy clients that were um, either website or review clients that we had kept. And then I basically became a stay-at-home dad for about a year after cool. our first child. And uh, so I have so much empathy for stay-at-home parents <laughs> after <laughs> doing that. And after about a year of being at home, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I think I need to work. So, uh, you know, some people have opinions on it, but Natalie and I decided that we were going to put Ellie in daycare and found just like this awesome daycare. And uh, we had Ellie and now we've got Gabe and uh, Cecilia and they are um, Cecilia is still at home because she's uh, three months. But Mm -hmm. Gabe and Ellie have been daycare children and they love it and it's been great. So Natalie um, and I both have pursuits that we get to do during the day. And uh, and I guess the last part of it, of my story is came back to, or started looking for marketing jobs back in 2019 and um, started with Webfoot in July of 2019 as their first in-house marketing employee. I was the marketing manager and um, yeah, that was two and a half years ago and uh, zoom ahead through COVID and all that stuff and still yeah. here. And uh, yeah, things things have been going well, but I feel super fortunate that I like my path crossed with Webfoot when it did because the stars were kind of aligned. They were in some big growth plans and I just kind of hopped in and um, it's been it's been a, an amazing ride in the last two and a half years. I love that. I love when stars align and when people's passions kind of collide at the same time. Uh, But what an interesting time to join a company in July 2019. Like things are feeling really good. And then about six months later or eight months later, you know, the world kind of comes to an immediate halt. And then you're trying to figure out a marketing world in in that environment. Uh, Just and this is a little bit off tangent, but uh, how was that transition for you? Yeah, so the interesting thing was I, uh, about six months into working there, uh, we had found out that we were going to be having our second child. And Natalie and I started looking very intently at houses up in North Idaho where Natalie's from. Mm -hmm. And so we had this opportunity to move and I went to Gavin and Travis. This would have been like November of 2019, so still four months before pandemic. And uh, anyway, started working with them on like, hey, I really wanna keep working here but I'd like to do it remotely if possible. And this is again, like four months later, everything changed. (laughs) But I like went through the process of creating these like virtual meetings and stuff for just for myself so I could still fully participate. And then, you know, stuff changed and we moved in February of 2020. I came back one time for my monthly visit, which we had scheduled. Mm -hmm. And then like a week later, it was like everything shut down. And fortunately, we basically were like, hey, everybody jump on that Zoom link that Chris set up. And it was like almost overnight, we were a completely virtual business. And we kind of had this trial run because I was stupid enough and crazy enough to suggest working remotely (laughs) pre-pandemic. And then all of a sudden, we was like, actually, if you're 
five hours away or five minutes away, I guess it doesn't really matter because you're still in front of a computer screen. So um, there there's there's challenges popping up that we are addressing just with like building teams and stuff as we're coming back. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think it's uh, it's been good. That's awesome. I mean, it's definitely it's it's it was probably really convenient that you had had that transition happen already instead of a lot of companies having to figure that out in those in that first four weeks being like what what is this what is this virtual world um and then how did marketing work for you guys did you, did you guys halt marketing it come entirely or did you just scale back a little bit yeah it was interesting there was like a period where we like i think like most companies we went through a period of like oh oh shoot, let's like stop everything, stop spend. Just like Mm -hmm. we didn't, like there was a two week period in March where we were just like panicked and we cut out outside vendors. We had outsourced a lot of marketing and we were just like cut everything. And then it was basically, uh, we, we reduced salaries for the salaried employees. And then they started talking about the, um, the PPP, is that what it's called, the PPP yep. loan? Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually used that as an opportunity to hire a marketing person. Our first, our, so it would have been our uh, third marketing person uh, in-house and uh, basically had that salary as like a forgiveness thing. So once, okay. the, once stuff settled and we were like, okay, I think there's still gonna be some stability here. We just basically launched even more aggressively into let's ramp up all the things that we're doing marketing-wise we had a video person in house. We hired a community manager to deal with social media and emails. And uh, yeah, we just were off to the races. And then as everybody in the paint world knows, 2020 was actually like a, a strangely very busy yeah. time because everyone was at home wanting their house to look nice. I know, what what a time to be alive in the home industry from panic to thriving. Totally. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to kind of take an, an unfortunate time in the world and kind of, you know, do good with it uh, and kind of continue to build to build Webfoot. Now, kind of moving into your role at marketing, or sorry, your, your role at Webfoot in the marketing space, um, what are you most passionate about when it comes to marketing with Webfoot? Totally. I So I'd say there's probably three things that, and if you asked anyone at Webfoot, they probably would tell you the same thing. But the okay. first is uh, data and analytics. I so I like I said I am an engineer at heart and mind, and I just can't help but I I joke around that I think in spreadsheets. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> like everything I come across, I'm like I think this needs to be in a spreadsheet, and we'll you know make some charts or graphs or something. Um, and the second thing I would say is automation. So I have I mean I could talk for a whole hour on the things that we've automated in the last two and a half years. I'm actually going to a Zapier conference tomorrow. Um, which is a software for those of you that know, you know, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, check out Zapier. It's like an incredibly inexpensive software for the value that it provides. And we probably have, I don't know, 25 to 30 zaps is what they call them that automate different tasks in our business. And they're really unique circumstances. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is uh, reviews. I, I have this very strange amount or large amount of deep knowledge in the review space from basically five years of working in the dental industry, um, which the dentist, I've thought about this before, the dentists were kind of like the early adopters of reviews because they had the money to be experimenting and, and spending on marketing. And 
if you want to talk about a competitive industry, tr- like painting, like, yeah, is it competitive? Sure. But dentists, where I was located in Beaverton, Oregon, there was 150 dentists oh, in wow. the city of Beaverton and like the, that little area within like a 15 mile radius. And so it's like, you want to talk about getting to the top three spot in the three pack on a Google search? It was a totally different ball game of competition. And uh, so I took all that knowledge from like trying to figure out how to help our clients at the time that were dentists. And then when I got out of that space and went into the home services, I was like, wait, people in the in this business don't even know about reviews. Like they're not even, they're not doing anything with them. There was like our competitors yep. in Bend had 10 or five and it looked like half of them were like friends and family that gave them a five star like six years ago you know yeah so i was like very excited to get in and and optimize that part as well no you're i mean you're absolutely right it is and it's exactly why we're talking about this particular topic today is that it is not a tool utilized enough in the home services space. Um, but to go back to your other two, we might just have to bring you back for some future episodes to talk about the the data and analytics side and the automation, because again, those both serve such important purposes um, you know, in the organization and gosh, efficiency for your marketing space. Um, so good no, to I, know. Zapier, uh, interestingly enough, this is my my humble brag moment, but I was so stoked because I'm a true nerd at heart. <laughs> but Zapier reached out to us and uh, said that they wanted to interview us because they could see the activity that was in our account. Oh, and it's, wow. it was far more than the average uh, user. And so I had, uh, they did a, like a, a user um, experience, basically like research call with me. Mm-hmm. To be to basically find out like okay this is a really unique business how are you guys using this and explain to me how we can make the product better so I was uh, that happened about a month ago and uh, it was like it, you know just everybody has those things in life that they geek out about and I was yeah. just like so stoked like I wanted to call my parents and be like <laughs> mom guess what like put my picture on the fridge like yeah. I got a star today so that was uh, that was pretty cool but I yeah I. I could talk for hours about Zapier. I love it. That's awesome. I mean, Zapier is a fairly large company, and I'm sure they're they're working with fairly large organizations. So for you guys to be on the map there, that means a lot of things are happening on a regular basis. Definitely. All right. So let's move into that review space that you're so passionate about. Now, on a scale of from one to ten, how important is your online review and reputations um, for if you're if you're you know a small business? So I was thinking about this. I was like. I would say it's a 10, but I'm the marketing guy, right? I'm biased. So before the call, I was like, I'm going to reach out to all of our estimators and ask them that question. So you had sent these questions over before and I texted everybody on our team, all the estimators. And I I specifically said, on a scale from one to 10, how helpful are reviews, the reviews that we have, because we have over 600 now on the painting side and on the concrete business, each location is over 200 reviews. And uh, I, I said, how helpful are reviews in closing deals? And every single estimator, I'll, I'll take a guess. It's more fun to, to play this game. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the estimator said on a scale from one to 10? What was the average response? I'm gonna say an, an eight. Yeah, every single estimator said an eight or a nine. Okay. And after t- after t- after talking to them or asking them, I was realizing that from my perspective as the marketing guy, 
I was looking at the top of the funnel and I'm like, reviews are so critical to get us to call, right? Right. But what I realized in these quick conversations I've had in the last 48 hours with estimators is that I would I would argue that reviews are essential at the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. And there's different aspects that are important in each of those places. So at the top of the funnel, quantity is gonna serve you very well. Everybody's done that where you're looking for a restaurant or a plumber, electrician, a house painter, whatever. And you're like, ooh, this one has a lot more reviews than these others. I guess I'll give them a call and see what, like if I can set up an estimate to see the how, you know, if things unfold as you expect, you maybe continue through that process. But then the thing that I realized in talking to the estimators was one, one estimator told me, he had a client yesterday that said, I didn't even bother to call anybody else because I saw your reviews. Didn't even, you're the only company and assuming we can get the price to work out for us, you're, you're who we're going with. Um, and at the bottom of the funnel, that's when the quality of your reviews start to matter a lot more. So you can have a bunch of five stars, but if they're five stars with single sentence, like these guys are great, that's not gonna help move the needle on the sale as those stories and photos and names and like really thoughtful experiences that they're sharing. So um, yeah, I would say reviews are critical and my new, like my new realization is everybody's thinking reviews are this beneficial thing at the top of the funnel just to get you to call or go to my website or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, if you can have quality it's, it helps drastically that the bottom of the funnel and just getting the customer to go, you know, over the fence to go with you because they've read, you know, some amazing stories and experience of others. Yeah, and I mean, I would encourage anyone to just do a quick Google of Webfoot painting and you will see and you will be impressed. Right now, it's it's showing 664 reviews at a 4.9 rating. And then when you scroll through, you're, you're right, so, so the, the quantity is there. But then when you scroll through for the quality, you are seeing paragraphs, you are seeing photographs, you are seeing responses from, the, from your company, which is huge for engagement. Um, so, I mean, there's, it speaks for itself. And I will say yesterday when I checked this, you had 661. So in 24 hours, you've gained three more, which is, I was like, that's, is that for real? Did I get that number wrong yesterday? Uh, but no, that's, there's, there's, you, you guys have done something right when it comes to capturing reviews. And that is something I want to make sure that we hit today. Um, but it just kind of goes back to why this is so important. You, you're right. You you have interviewed people who are talking to the customers, you know, face to face, and you're seeing that 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 conversation happen, and it goes back to reviews. And like you said, it's important for the top of the funnel, but at the same time, at that closing that closing conversation, reviews matter. Mm -hmm, totally. And I would say that the things that I have identified in this process, because this was a journey for us. Like when I came to Webfoot we had I actually had taken a screenshot and I had to pull this up to refresh my memory today, but we had 73 reviews in August of 2019. So you zoom ahead two years, we're, you know, and what, by next week we'll have 670. So mm -hmm. in two years, we've gained 600 reviews just on the painting business. So we also have a concrete coatings industry, our business unit, mm -hmm. and we've got three locations and each of those locations have 200 or more reviews. So in the last two years in total, we've gained like 1200 reviews 
between concrete coatings, all locations combined and on the painting side. Um, And it was basically a decision that we made of like, we need to do this and do this the right way. And so we, you know, there's some experiments that happened and as we iterated and tried to solve this because we weren't really finding another solution that did what I wanted um, to, to provoke those very thoughtful and high quality reviews. Now, is Google your primary focus at Webfoot in terms of collecting reviews, or are you also make you know are you also driving a focus around other platforms like Yelp or Facebook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, question: The way I think about it is, you have to um, look at just data on where searchers are going. So, uh, I would say very. I mean, I've talked to some businesses for some reason, like in California, Yelp is way more popular than it is in Oregon. Certainly, it's like virtually non-existent in Idaho, and um, it just depends on your market. So this, what I'm about to say might not be true for everybody, but we started looking at where are, and you can go find data on like what percentage of people use Google to search versus Bing or versus Yelp or whatever, depending on your industry. And for what the realization that we came to was a review on Google is easily worth 10 times or 20 times more than a review on Yelp for us. Oh, wow. Just because the quantity of viewers is that much higher. So if if I get a five-star review on Google, uh, that's better for me because in our market, you know, roughly 70% of people are going to Google to search. Whereas in Yelp, it was like, you know, 5% or some very, very small number. So you don't want to neglect those other platforms, but I would definitely encourage everybody to identify where should I invest my energy right now? So like if you have, where should you put your focus? Because I think spreading it out can kind of make it feel like you're not getting anywhere. But what we did for the last two years was Google all the way, like send everybody to Google. And then if they were interested and they wanted to leave a review somewhere else, we would follow up and, you know, push Yelp or Facebook or something else. But yeah, Google is just, I would say for most businesses, Google is going to be a more valuable space than Facebook or Yelp or like the Better Business Bureau or any of those because so many people just go to Google to search and they look at your star count. How many do you have, you know? And so why why is it we we know as consumers ourselves that we look at reviews for like you said restaurants or a, you know a local home service but why do we do you think that for for small businesses that this particular area um we're so behind in and I, i've seen more of a focus come definitely in the last year more owners are talking about it, it, it we're talking about it in marketing peer groups but why why have why have we drug our feet so much in this space yeah, I, I don't know if I have the exact answer for everybody, but I have thought that I think there is a, it's hard <laughs> to be honest. It's like, it's frustrating. I know a lot of businesses that spend, you know, $300, $500 on a marketing company or a software to like get more reviews and they kind of like check the box cause they have implemented something. But I think that um, there's a lot of frustration in the space too. When I came to Webfoot, we had a, a review software that we were using. I don't recall what the name of it was, but mm-hmm. it wasn't work. Like in, in 18 years of our business, we had 70 reviews. And obviously most of those had come in the last five years, but even then it was like once every two months we'd get a review. And that's the thing that's crazy to me is 
we didn't, it's not like we all of a sudden got way better, way better at painting. It was just like, we changed our process and our strategy. And all of a sudden it went from one review every two months to 10 reviews a week. And it was, it was an unbelievable switch just because of um, the strategy that we implement, which we can talk about more later. But the other thing I would say is, I think um, if anyone thinks or like, or just reflect, this is, this is what we did. It wasn't like we had a lot of data. I was just talking with the owners and thinking in my own experiences. When I would make a purchase on something, I had this question pop into my mind. And again, for any listeners, answer this, but how often have you made a decision to buy based solely on a website, the look of a website? There's a couple, right? I'm sure that that's happened, but how often have you made a decision based on reviews for a product or service? And because of that, I think it's this crazy realization of like, I mean, everybody is spending thousands of dollars on their website, on their marketing team, on their sales team, on softwares. And what about the reviews where there's no attention? There's not an equal amount of attention spent on that. And I would say just based on those two, you know, theoretical questions, one could argue that reviews are more valuable than your website right now. And I think it's going to continue in that way. That doesn't mean you don't need a website. Right. It's just saying assuming that you've got a website that's decent and has been updated in the last five years, you probably should be investing significantly more energy into your reviews because everybody makes decisions based on reviews. You wouldn't, you would never like on Amazon, you know, you're going to buy a product. You're not going to buy a product that has no reviews on it. You're going to be hesitant and you're probably going to drift to the one that has a couple thousand because it makes you feel better. Um, And you're going to read them, you know? So I think there's a, I I mean, I would say as why are other businesses not doing it in particular in the home service space? I think it's because it's hard. Um, The strategy is unclear. There's, I mean, countless options of softwares out there to do this. There it's, this is like review and reputation management is not new, Mm -hmm. but it's very overwhelming. It's like, I have, we still have people that are contacting us, trying to sell us their reputation management software. And it's like, I think we're good. Yeah, I, I think we, we figured it out. <laughs> I think we got here. it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's very common. And I feel like, I almost feel like it's the classic ostrich uh, strategy that when you're, you know, if if something is hard or you don't want to face it, you just put your head in the sand. You yeah. know? <laughs> just like, maybe it'll go away and we can right. focus on other stuff that we know how to do. Right. Um, but I don't know. And I mean, I think for, a while maybe that particular strategy worked but i would suggest or would assume that that is no longer the case that if you are not giving it the attention that it deserves or not thinking for with a strategy about your online reputation and collecting those reviews you're going to get lost in the you're going to you're going to get lost behind 100% agree so let's talk about strategy. I mean, so for in two years, you will have gained almost, what, you said 600 reviews just on the painting side. And then we think about 1,200 all combined. How did you guys do this? Yeah, so I'll I, um, go back to a couple like principles that we discovered and um, thought about. And to reiterate, I was in this reputation management space starting back in about 2015 with dentists. Um, So I had all this like exposure. And I mean, if you would have talked to a dentist back in 2015, they were like 
10 years ahead of where people are now in the painting, in my opinion. It's just an obsession and it has been for a very long time. But when I came into Webfoot, the first thing I noticed, and this is hats off to Nolan Consulting and Summit for training this, we were getting these unbelievable report cards. Like I, you can probably still find them somewhere on our website because we haven't taken them off, but we would get every week like four or five like handwritten front and back that were mailed to the office and mm-hmm. every ops meeting we'd read them. And I was just like, I feel like these are fake. Like this is crazy. <laughs> like why did someone write a three page love letter to Webfoot for this amazing experience they had? Like it was blowing my mind and yeah. it kept happening every week. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like I've never been to a business that their customers appreciate them so much. And so I was, you know, that was my first observation was like, wow, Webfoot's doing something right. Like I, you know, I took this job as a marketing manager for a painting company that I knew very little about, but then very quickly realized that I had stepped into a very healthy customer centric, um, customer satisfaction driven business. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at all these report cards and we'd read them and everybody loved them. Like it was just such this uplifting moment in the, um, ops meeting and then we do you know report card of the week and give the crew leader a gift card and so i just started thinking because i was hired to provide leads and i was like i started at first i was like amazed and blown away by this and then all of a sudden i was like wait a minute what happens after that report card comes in and so i you know talked to gavin and this is all like while i'm rapidly learning everything else in the business as well mm-hmm. and he's like oh well you know every month we scan them and then we put them on this page of our website so customers can look at them and so we we're and this is like crazy to me to think about and i don't know if other businesses still do this but we were taking paper report cards scanning them as pdfs uploading them to some buried page on our website and then supposedly we were telling customers like, go look at our report cards on our website. And uh, I was just like very frustrated by that because I was like, you hired me to get you guys leads. And these are amazing stories that people are sharing and nobody on the outside world knows about it. Again, sure, they can come to our website, but they're not even gonna come to our website because we only have 70 reviews. Like right. how, like what's the, there's a disconnect. So the the switch that I made was, can we like, let's not kill report cards. Let's just reprioritize. So the, the analogy used is um, you want to try and direct your customer's energy towards the avenue that's going to produce the most benefit for whichever, like there's different ways you can measure. But for us, we were looking originally at how can we get more leads? So the customer has these great stories. We do report, or I mean, honestly, if you go through the whole process, it's like post job walks, then sometimes supervisors come by and talk to the homeowner. Then there's the report cards. We were doing customer satisfaction calls, the NPS survey. There's all these things. things that we were doing to ask their feedback. And then we were like, oh yeah. And now that you've filled out five other surveys, could you leave us a review on Google? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, let's flip it. So we can keep all the other stuff but the most important place to put the customer's energy is Google. And that was the theory that we had. So first thing, post job walk happens, they're happy, send them a link right there. That's the first interaction that they have. Don't send Mm -hmm. them to some screening page where we're like testing to make sure that they're gonna give us a good review. Let's send them straight to Google and let them tell their story on Google. And the thing that I think happened is, I mean, let's use the example of, 
you know, I've never broken my leg, but let's say I broke my leg and it was this crazy story of riding on a horse and, you know, my first friend comes to the hospital and is like, oh my gosh, Chris, what happened? And I'm like, oh, you're never going to believe it. I was doing this and you go through the list and you're so like excited to share every detail and everything that happened. And then the next friend is like, what happened, Chris? How'd you break your leg? And then the next friend and you go through this process and then your fifth friend is like, what happened? And you're like, oh, I was riding a horse and broke my leg. And you just get burned out. The story out. gets shorter and shorter. Exactly. It's just like this, the idea of that's what we were doing to customers was like they had all this energy and great experience and they were pouring it into the report card. Then they were pouring it into the NPS survey. Then they were pouring it into these other things. And I said, okay, let's stop. Let's, let's put Google at the front and then leave everything else as it is. So if we get those other things, great. But I want to prioritize the Google review first and get that energy and the excitement. Like you want your reviews to have stories that people remember. You want it to share your culture. You want to have the names of the people that you're that worked on the project. You want to upload pictures like you want that that visceral feeling. So when a potential customer that doesn't know you reads that they get a picture of what it's going to be like when I work with Webfoot. And, and that's where the second realization of, obviously we knew that they were important. So that's the first pillar that I would say is the, it's important. Like check yourself. If you're not focusing on this, do it. The second thing I would say is the quality was something that over time became very, very, like we didn't know this in the beginning, mm-hmm. but we started looking at it as like a bad review no longer was a one star. A bad review was like, no comment or like a single sentence that said, we love Webfoot, the team was great, period. Wow. That's a bad review because now it's like, what's that's not gonna do anything for us. And it's not bad in the sense of it's gonna hurt us. It just didn't help us like those really thoughtful stories that you read and it just like draws you in. And, And it's like, it still blows me away. Like we've got a great system and a process in place, but it's like, you go and read our reviews any random day and it's just like, this is amazing. It's like, this is the report card. It's just online now so everybody else can see it. And to just to be clear, you guys are no longer <clears throat> doing report cards. You are strictly doing Google reviews. Yeah, so what we've done is uh, we have, like the crew the crew leaders have report cards. Um, if the customer, say it's an elderly person or someone that, we've had a couple customers that just say they don't wanna be online or they don't want their name out there they'll give them the report card as a backup, but we don't want to confuse the leaving a review with the report card because again, it's my belief that if I'm a customer, I'm happy to give you feedback and I'm gonna do that on one of the options that you provide and then feel like I've helped you out, but we wanted to eliminate the distraction. So send them to Google and if there is a situation, I would say, I don't know, I could look into this, but probably, 80 to 90% of jobs, the report card's never even mentioned. Um, occasionally we'll get one back in the mail and we'll like include it in our review of the week to like give the crew leader uh, a card. But mm-hmm. 90% of the time, it we're just looking at Google, Yelp, and Facebook reviews. And for the most part, do you guys engage with most of your reviews, whether positive or negative? That actually leads me to another question. Do you... Uh, do you, if you have a, a, a job that doesn't go so well, 
are you still putting out that request for that review? Um, or are you saying, no, nope, we don't want that person to write anything. I mean, they could go on their own and do it, but are you, are you putting that request yep. out? Yeah, we send requests to every single customer. Um, and the funny thing is that occasionally, this is the part that I think is going to be counterintuitive, but uh, so Webfoot has a 4.9 average. The only one star that we've gotten was pre-August 2019. So okay. in this whole two years, we've got 600 additional reviews. We've had some uh, threes in there or whatever, but the only one star was someone prior to August of 2019 and they were upset because they wasted, like they t we scheduled an estimate. They wanted their house stained. We can't stain houses. So they waited during our busy season two months to get an estimate to then find out we can't help you. Uh, Super frustrating, obviously. And we were like, yeah. so sorry. And, you know, we, you know, made sure we revised our process and we commented to that person and said, hey, we want to let you know this. We understand the situation. And then we stated this is what happened. We've changed our process now. So during the busy season, especially, we will clarify what it is you're looking for. And we make sure that our schedulers don't schedule estimates with things that we can't help you with because we can appreciate how that would be frustrating. Mm -hmm. So that's how we deal. We dealt with that one star. Any other one, yeah, five star or any others, we always respond. Every single one gets responded to. Um, and we typically respond, I mean, within a couple of days. Um, and if there is a, a negative experience, um, that it's like a uh, the fire alarms go off in not like a super dramatic way, but the supervisor is emailed, the crew leader's emailed, everybody's like copied and got up to speed quickly. And the goal is to be on the phone with that customer within a couple of hours. And so we have had one star reviews that were posted, but then we immediately get on the phone and resolve that with that person. And they've actually flipped their review. So it might not go from a one to a five, but it went to a one to a four and they'll post an update and say, this is what happened. They responded greatly, you know. So the that's the other part is, yes, you can get a bad review and one star or two star review, but I would actually say that's a fantastic opportunity to go provide a fantastic response to mm -hmm. that review because I guarantee you, Lizzie Hughes, that's I, because I know who the one star reviewer is. Lizzie <laughs> Hughes has probably had her review read more than any other review on our site because that's what everybody wants to know. Google, right. go to reviews, lowest rated, boom, I'm going to read Lizzie's. And if you notice right below that, we've got a response that every, that's the second most read thing is bad experience, how'd the business respond? And I think that provides more credibility. And I actually, I mean, I'm competitive, but I kind of like that we have a 4.9 than a five because there's a little more authenticity that's like, yeah. the business isn't perfect, but a 4.9 with 600 plus stars is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. I was going to say, it, what we're seeing, it makes it look authentic just from, like, no one's perfect. Every business has, has their hiccups. And so something would be a little off if there was a perfect five star review yeah. across the board. Totally. Um, and I just remembered the other thing you asked was if there's an ex experience that someone doesn't go well, funny thing is that everybody anticipates, like I think truly that our crew leaders and our employees have higher expectations than the customer does. And so there, there have been times where the crew leader will be like, 
oh shoot, Chris, can you stop the review? Don't send it to this customer. And then I go, look, it's like, oh, it's already been sent, sorry. <laughs> and either they don't respond or they leave a five star and they, I text the customer back and like, they actually left a good review and they're like, oh, crazy. I thought they were pissed. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, they're, they're theoretically, yes, there is a process and we have put something in place. We call it the do not send list. So mm -hmm. there's like, there is the option to block it or prevent somebody from getting a, a request. But I would say like, I don't even know, we've, you know, there's been a thousand plus, probably 2000 requests in the last year. And um, I don't know, five or four have been added to the do not send list. And a lot of those actually got a request before we added them. It's just kind of stopping it from any future situation. And sometimes we add people to the list because it's a, you know, an HOA or a commercial client and we don't want to be bombarding them every time we complete a project for them. Yeah. So we have different reasons for adding people to that, but we rarely use it. We thought we were going to use it a lot, but we're just like, you know what, at this point, with as many reviews as we had, if someone did have a bad experience, I can't wait to respond to, you know, dive into what actually happened because you know, we, we care about our customers and we prioritize customer satisfaction and doing whatever we can to fix it. So, yeah, it's your opportunity to make it right. Um, no, I love that. And again, it shows to we should reiterate the the do not the do not send. It's just you're not sending the request. That doesn't mean that that customer can't go on on their own accord and post a negative review. They have all the freedom in the world to do that. You're just not uh, putting some power behind it. Now, I actually was curious how often, um, and maybe we'll, we'll, this will work us into kind of how you guys are collecting these reviews. Um, how often do you follow up? How many requests are put out? Uh, I mean, we've all received requests to to put a review somewhere, and first time you maybe ignore it, second time you're like, oh yeah, I need to do that. The third time you're like, oh yes, I meant to do this. So, what what's like what's the happy the happy medium? So we do um, an email and a text. So we call it two touches, but it's email and a text. And then it depends. And we've gone back and forth either 24 hours later or 48 hours later, we send a second email and a text. So it's just two. I mean, technically it's four touches if you counted email, text, email, text, mm -hmm. but it happens at the same time. So it's email, text, wait, wait a day, email, text, and then that's it. And this is all automated. Um, yeah. how it's happening. So um, tell us a little bit about, about the product uh, or the program that you guys are using to do this. So this is again where I was uh, like, I get excited because this was something that I had developed um, personally from my engineering knowledge and skills. Uh, I coded out this thing for a dentist, uh, our first dental client seven, eight years ago. And then we were re we repurposed it when I came to Webfoot and basically asked the owners, hey, I have this solution. And there were still clients that were using, it's called Boolean, B-O-O-L-E-A-N. Um, but they were, we had a number of dentists, even right now, there are still 30 dentists around the country that use this software. But I wanted to create like a version two for the home industry space. And at the time, I didn't have any aspirations of anything other than solving Webfoot's problem, which I felt like it could easily do that. And in the process, I just kept going back to how do I get the report card feeling on a Google review? That was like my driving motivation. Okay, this was great. There's the clearly there's energy and people are willing to do this. How do we do it on uh, in our process? So essentially, the the software that um, 
has was built and then has been modified for Webfoot's use. And now we actually, and I can talk about this more later, but there's a couple other companies that have tried it out and had similar results, which we're really excited about. But basically the process is we integrate the review software directly into all the things that Nolan Consulting coaches and trains. So when we are, when we send the follow-up request, it mentions, so if, if we did a project for you, Molly, it would be mm-hmm. like, um, hey, Molly, thanks so much. Here's the people just for your reference that worked with you on your project. So we say who answered the phone, who scheduled them, who their estimator was, who their crew leader was, and who their crew members are. And we have all that system, all that information in our systems. We just had to connect the, and integrate the solution, the software solution to that so that when the request goes out, it's not your standard like off the shelf review software that just mm-hmm. says, thanks so much. Like, would you recommend us? Yes or no. And then it, you know, all that stuff happens with, with Boolean. What we were doing was pulling the information directly from the systems that we use and then customizing this really personal ask to the, to the customer. And then the next thing that happened that made it even better was we started getting crew shots of all the crew leaders and the crew members. So um, we, when you get a request, let's say Steven worked on your house, you're going to get a text that it is, looks like it's from Steven and there's a picture of Steven and all the guys that worked on your house. So, I love that, that's so you, awesome. You not only get the text that says, here's everyone you interacted with, but now you get a picture of the people that you just saw working on your house in the last three days or whatever. So that was the second piece that we added. And then the third thing, because Webfoot, for those of you that know, we have just a fun culture around, uh, I mean, just who we are. I started, uh, and this is from some digital marketing uh, email knowledge I had picked up years ago. The second request, you don't want it to be the same thing. And we were like, how do we make this fun? So we introduced the idea of adding in a GIF, just something silly and dumb that's like, uh, there's a couple different ones, but my favorite one is the, the second email is titled, this is what Chuck Norris thinks of us, <laughs> comma, but we want to know what you think, dot, dot, dot. And then you open it up and there's this gif of Chuck Norris from Dodgeball, given the thumbs up of like, you know, these guys rock. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just like, it's that pattern interrupt. You know, we get so much automated and junk email that we had to come up with something that you'd, first of all, that you'd open and be like, what the heck, Chuck Norris? Like, why is Webfoot yeah. sending me something about Chuck Norris? And then you get in there and you see a funny GIF, makes you laugh, and then it's like, here's the link, here's the people that worked on your project, leave us a review. So we've then, that was the, the I would say, I mean, that's been happening now for about a year and a half, but all these like experiments happened rapidly in like the first three months of implementing, and then we basically left it as is for that um, time frame, so that's basically the strategy is, and that's the fourth or sorry the third thing that I would hit on is like I said, importance. These are, reviews are so much more important than any of us realize. The second thing is the quality. Not all reviews are created equal. Like you can't uh, a five star review with a single sentence is not as helpful as a story with names and pictures and mm-hmm. sharing of your culture and all that stuff, it's so much better because as the customer, when you go to read that, you're just going, like when you're skimming through reviews of a business, you're gonna read the one that has some substantial story or background. Like if you see a bunch of blank five-star reviews, you just skip them. Like it does help for your count. I'm gonna acknowledge that 
quantity does matter at that top of the funnel. Right. But at the bottom of the funnel, that's when those stories, like you remember that. you There's customers that will reference a specific review that they read and, and they see that. So that's the... Um, that's where I would say the reason that it's working so well for us is because we identified like what we wanted to do, which was get that report card type of feeling onto Google. And then you just adjust all the systems to align with that and then make it easy. So I'm also very against like there's softwares out there that have what is called review gates. So like you screen the customer to see if they're going to leave you a bad review. Ah. And it's like, would you recommend us? Yes or no. And then if they say no, then it takes them to an internal form. And now you have theoretically, you have the potential to resolve that issue before you send them to Google, or at least that's how it's pitched. But the downside is, and this is what I would say to any business owner or businesses that have a great business. What I had, and I had, I remember talking to this, uh, talking about this with the owners of Webfoot there was this fear that's like, we can't send them straight to Google. We have to have a chance to like, make sure they're happy. And it was like, guys, like how, how often have we got a bad report card in the last four years? There's like right. one, right? It never happens. And so we were like 98 or 99% of our customers are super happy, great experience. So why are we making them go through this additional work and it's just a click, right? It's two or yeah. three extra clicks. But the more but, clicks that you do, th yeah. the, the, the faster you're going to lose them. And it's just the, you think about, you know, cell phone like coverage and, and speed of load times and pages. I, I'll go back to the, the stat that if your website takes longer than two seconds to load, like you're losing customers because they don't want to wait. It's yeah. like th those little uh, windows, it's like, would you recommend us? Yes. And now you wait two seconds and then the thing pops up and it's like, you know, what would you give us on a scale from one to five? And then you leave that and you write a comment and then you post it and then you wait another two or two to five seconds for the next thing to come up. And it's like, not only you're doing that same thing I said with the stories, you're making them share their story and you're making them share it again. And now you're asking them to go to Google. And it's not surprising to me that some of these companies um, and the competitors or other companies in Summit that have talked to us about this is like, they have a great system and they're getting the quantity, but there's just no depth or substance to those reviews. And I would argue it's because we, they just have the funnel backwards, right? You just reorganize the pieces and put all of that organic energy from the customer up front. And yeah. yeah, it's scary, but send them to Google. Just send everybody. Like when you click on the link in our text or email, you are on the Google page in the review box, ready to go. There's no like extra clicking. It's just straight there, leave it, you're done. You're eliminating all barriers to entry from a great review happening or a great possible engagement with, with the customer happening. It's you, you're, you're putting it out there. And I think it's important that if you're doing that, that you have, that you're monitoring it in a sense where you're, you are engaging. You're not letting uh, an average review go by and not responding to it. Those, those quality and the quantity of reviews are, it's as important for you to be engaging with those those responses and those reviews at the same time. 100%. So I love it. So the the if we kind of think about it on a broad scale, the quantity of reviews is what's bringing people to to your webpage or, or bringing you, um, you know, to to the top of the search in, in Google, but it's the quality of the reviews that are keeping people interested and is why they why they potentially end up buying. Yep, and I, I would state it as 
quantity is going to get you the call or the visit, yep. right? Yep, yep, exactly. That's the top of the funnel. Just get the lead in. And then the quality, well, there's actually another thing that I was talking, we just had an SEO audit on our website and they were talking about importance of reviews and some other things that I, again, was like, everybody's been focusing on reviews from this lead perspective, but there's also another benefit for the SEO perspective as well. And they shared with me a statistic because they, in their audit, they have like all the services that they pitch. And one of them was a reputation management software, just like every other company mm -hmm. that has a reputation management software. And they were like, well, normally we recommend this to businesses, but the average painting or home service business has, they said like 19 reviews. That's the <laughs> average across the country. And they're like, and it seems like you guys have a pretty good solution. So I, you know, we're just going to go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't touch on their software, but what they did say was there's the three R's when it comes to reviews. So the rating, the relevancy and the recency. So mm -hmm. that was another thing that I was like, oh, that's another, like inadvertently we had stumbled into this thing, which apparently is a mantra in the SEO world, but you have to have the rating that affects your ranking, the relevancy. And this is where, again, unknowingly by having people write these long stories that have keywords, those keywords are affecting search. So getting one that says Webfoot was awesome, I loved working with this team is not as good as one that says, Webfoot or, you know, John from Webfoot came by and gave me an estimate for my house. And Steven showed up on Wednesday to paint with Sarah and Kylie. And they were on, you know, they worked, they painted the cabinets in our living room and they're going through the story. Those words, you know, estimate, painting, cabinets, decks, whatever those are, those are keywords that Google is seeing and, and referencing yeah. as well. So there's an additional benefit of the relevancy. So depending on how a customer may customize their search, I'm sure you've seen where it'll highlight some reviews in the little knowledge panel on the mm -hmm. side of your Google search. And those those ones that they're referencing, are all, it's all dynamically changing every time depending upon what the person searched for. So that's another thing that's like, we're not, this is why again, I would say back to that number one thing, this is important. It's so important and people aren't spending the time and energy to focus on this. Yes, it's important for leads, it's important for closing, but it turns out it's also important for SEO because you need to have the rating, you gotta have the relevancy, and the only way that Google knows it's relevant is the story. What is, what's the context in there? Because it's checking that and comparing it to the search. And then the last one is recency. So that's the, I mean, it's the exciting thing, but also it could be frustrating depending on the business owner. You have to keep doing it. It's not like, you know, we have 600 reviews now and the next closest painter in Bend, I actually haven't looked in a while, but I think it's less than 70 or something. I don't, there may be one now that's like, oh shoot, Webfoot's taking off. We better, you know, put more energy towards it. Yeah. But we're far above the next closest competitor, but we can't just stop because we have 600 now because in three months, if we stop this process, someone goes and looks and the quantity matters. But as soon as they start to go look at the relevancy and the recency of those reviews, oh, this was left three months ago, and, you know, and just keep going down the line. Oh, this was left six months ago. This was left nine months ago. Yeah, it's so like the, what happened to Webfoot? Where'd they go? It's like, exactly. It's like, you, it's like you fell off the map a little bit. Yeah. And so that's those three R's, rating, recency, rel or rating, relevancy, and recency. I love those that. Those all play a, a role in your ranking. And then again, back to the, that lead part, 
Google's gonna show the review, so the recommended review section where it just populates dynamically, mm -hmm. it's gonna show you a different review based on what it knows about you and what you're searching than it would show somebody else. So oh, those wow. reviews might change depending upon the person's particular search phrase or whatever. So there's, it's like, I get, I mean, I feel like a super nerd in this topic because I get so passionate about this. It's like, man, there's so much here. Like, what are we supposed to do? There's, like, no, there's I... this awesome benefit to all this. And we're like continuing to find out more. And like I said, with that SEO thing, that happened three weeks ago. And I was like, well, that was convenient. I didn't, I, we yeah. weren't even planning on that. No, I, I love you. There's, you have just shown how so many things are interconnected in, in what you do and, and the why that you do it um, and how it impacts people individually. I mean, the fact that I'm getting served different reviews than you would than you would from, from the same company because of our, our different search. Like if I'm looking for kitchen cabinets, I'm probably gonna get served some reviews that talk to me about how wonderful a job that Webfoot does with kitchen cabinets. And like that is powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and hearing that story and just, I just keep going back to, just think about it. Like you're looking at a product and someone says, well, as compared to Amazon, like I ordered a new, um, you know, a toy monster truck for my son. Mm -hmm. And you're going and looking at all these different things on Amazon and you skim the reviews. It's not like we're reading dozens, but it's like you go until you find one that like meets or resonates with you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. And okay, I'm gonna buy. And so it's like, you only have a couple opportunities, like the customer's only gonna read a handful. And so you're kind of trusting Google to, uh, because of those longer stories that customers are including and talking about, you want a very high volume of, again, stories that people remember, sharing your culture and their experience with how you resolved issues and how fun the guys were, how it was really entertaining and they were you know, extra cautious around your flowers or whatever it is. And then there's names of the people. So it's like, if you look at a review on Webfoot and we did this, we compared this a while ago, pre-Boolean with just those 73 reviews that we had, there was like, I, and I, I class, I just did a manual count of how, what percentage of reviews ha were like personalized, which I was just like a name. If there was a name in it, they've personalized it. It was like 6% of our 73 reviews were personalized. And then afterwards, it had jumped to like 57% of our reviews were personalized. And I don't know, I haven't gone through all 660 to count again recently, but there is a very high quantity of names mentioned in the reviews. And you just think about that from the customer perspective. You read a, a great review, let's say it's a huge story, but it never mentions a name of anybody. It's just like, Webfoot was amazing. They're, you know, from the front desk to the estimator to the people that worked on my house, they have top tier talent. Great review, we're not gonna complain about that, but how much different is it than when I called Sarah, she was so pleasant and people do this yeah. and they're like, and she connected me with Nathan, who's the most professional person I've ever seen. And then Steven and John and Tyler came out to our house and they were there right when they said, it's like, you look at that and you read that you're like, did, do, are, do these people like hang out? Like, how are they friends now? Like, how do they know all these names? It's like so much more personalized. Yeah, so. it makes it human. And, and in a environment today, you just sort of like the people connection is everything. Um, so that's awesome. So, I mean, Boolean has clearly figured something out. There's, there's some magic sauce happening with this. 
with this platform. So what's the trajectory of where do you where do you want to take this? Yeah, we want to take this to other summit members. Honestly, we're in this really cool phase of business and I'm jamming here at Webfoot and loving it. And my wife, Natalie, has stepped up and is taking point on Boolean and onboarding and providing support to all of our clients. So really right now we're looking to work with the best of the best. Natalie can only work with a handful of people at a time. So if you're someone out there that knows you're the best in town and you want your reviews to have better stories with names and photos of your team so that your reviews trump the competition and really communicate who you are to your market, we have a few slots available and we know that we're gonna be able to provide a ton of value to everyone that we work with. It's gonna plug straight into your systems. All the systems, by the way, that you, Molly, and everybody else at Nolan Consulting trains and coaches on, um, Boolean's super easy. It's automated. Once it gets all set up, you won't have to touch it. And we have five spots right now. And if you want one of them, you should reach out. It really is a no brainer to anyone in the painting industry. If you want your Google reviews a year from now to have amazing stories that bring in and close business, um, and you want to see 300 reviews instead of 30 reviews, let's have a conversation. So if, if you have, a an org, a company that's already got automation in kind of in the works that that's how you that's how you already operate and that this conversation speaks to you you feel like you are a, a company who is doing great work have great culture and are, are deserving of good reviews i feel like boolean is is kind of the, the perfect match yeah i would i would say the biggest thing is if you think that you're a, a great painting company or home service company reach out to us, you know, like we want to help the best of the best mm -hmm. be even better and, and visibly to the outward uh, customers out there that search on Google or Yelp or Facebook or wherever they're at. We want to help those customers. And uh, and I think I'm, I'm like super pumped about it because uh, it started as just kind of like this little thing that we were trying to make a better solution. And um, it's turned into like this crazy secret weapon that we have at Webfoot. There you go. Well, Chris, if people want to reach out to you, whether about Boolean um, or about questions in general, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna give my cell phone number because Whoa. this is a pretty, it's a pretty niche uh, podcast. So uh, you can go to the website. Um, it's all gonna be directed to Natalie to handle this, but BooleanReview.com, and that's B-O-O-L-E-A-N Review.com. Or my number, 971-300-4677. So 971-300-4677. Um, that's my cell phone number. Text me. I'll forward your information over to Natalie, and she can explore you know, the possibility of that uh, working out for you. I love it. Well, Chris, thank you so much. You've clearly... Uh, you, your passion, your passion in the space resonates um, just through the conversation. You, you clearly have a lot uh, to share, a lot to give, and it's clearly benefiting Webfoot, um, which we love because Webfoot is a great company, has got great culture, and is so deserving of all the good reviews. Um, any last thoughts you want to leave our, our listeners with regarding the reputation space? Um, no, I mean, I love uh, feedback. I crave criticism. So uh, I, I honestly, <laughs> Very like, bold of if you, <laughs> if you uh, have uh, questions, ideas, um, I, I mean, I don't have a ton of time, but I love talking to people about marketing, um, and uh, I'm happy to, you know, to 
share what's working for us, especially if you're a summit member. If you're not a summit member, I, I might not have as much time for you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we just let in the summit way, uh, we, we like helping others. We've been helped tremendously by other companies that are in summit. And uh, we we're just super grateful to be you know, surrounded by a bunch of other great businesses. So um, yeah, I love, like I said, marketing, uh, automation, data, and reviews. So if those things are something that you're interested in talking about, you know, reach out to me. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate you sharing of your best practice. And that's what we do here within, within Summit is sharing of best practices and just raising the level of the industry. And you guys are doing just that. So Chris, thank you so much. Hope to have you back on in the future. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, Molly. It was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.